Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Propeller Heads podcast. I am Joe Cardinal, and today we are going to be talking about uh, Marvel's Moon Knight. The first two episodes have been out, and we've all faithfully watched it. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to return to our March Madness categories, where we'll have our first round of um, supervillain fights. So looking forward to that. Uh, let me introduce all the usual suspects. We have Liz Fulda is joining us, Matt Googler, Reinhardt Schoenfeld, and Dwayne Robinson are all back in the house. Hello, everybody. Hey. Hey. So who wants to go first with Moon Knight? I will kick it off by saying that unlike many of the Marvel characters, I actually don't know that much about Moon Knight. He was one of the few that's not in my wheelhouse for the most part. So I came into it kind of blind, and uh, that's not a Daredevil reference. And um, I was really impressed. I thought I thought that they did a fantastic job. I think Oscar uh, Oscar Isaacson was great, and um, I'm really intrigued to see which direction it goes. Well, it's it's interesting that these Marvel series are getting like a eh, maybe like a minus B plus actors. And the production values are just amazing. I mean, they're like cinema quality. And it's just, yeah, it's just amazing what they're doing with these series in terms of like the production values and and matching the tone and the technical quality of the movies and everything. You know, they tend to be a little bit smaller stories. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, with the CGI, they're just ramping it up. It's... Oh, I like, love uh, the way they did Konshu in the CGI, like the, the weird... Yeah, yeah that was really band. good. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about Konshu was his voice. It just didn't seem to... It seemed like it was just F. Murray Abraham in a room somewhere reading lines. But no, to, to that end, I really liked the fact that his voice, the voice of Konshu, was like... It didn't... It was directionless. There was no... It was yeah. from everywhere. It was like... Just well, I did like that. Of, you know, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but it just I didn't like the way it, it sounded. It didn't it kind of took me out of it. What would you what would you have hoped for? Like a uh something less cartoony or no, it just seemed like it just seemed like F. Murray Abraham was phoning okay. it in. I mean that, that that's yeah, that's literally what it was. It just it it didn't sound like authentic. It didn't sound like a you know an the angry guy. Yeah. Certainly not an Egyptian one. Yeah, it's very American. There's this horrible, horrible movie called um, A Talking Cat. And the reason you have to say it that way is because there's like three or four question marks and exclamation points at the end. A so, Talking Cat? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but the, the, the interesting thing about it is, is they got Eric Roberts to be the voice of the cat. And you can tell whenever he comes on that they recorded it over a cell phone because (laughs) there's like that, like, you know, it's kind of like thin and, and, and it's just, and it's hilarious. Kind of pitching. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But Eric Roberts sounds like that even when he's in the room. Yeah. Well, true. Um, But yeah, but it just seemed like, yeah, just, it, it didn't seem like there was a real conversation happening between Kanchu and Mark slash, um steven and the thing is and then so the the, i guess i can take a little bit further um because who here knows the the origin of moon knight well Uh, within the character structure or as a as a product well i mean within the character structure his origin story i like i hasn't it hasn't there been like two or three of them now no no okay then moon knight but he has like three or four different personas. Yeah, I think that's where I'm getting confused. And like, I, fact, I knew of it, but like, I, I don't think I had all the details right at all. So, long story short, Mark Spector is um, is a mercenary fighting in the desert, somewhere near pyramids and ancient burial grounds and things. He gets all shot up, and then he crawls into a pyramid. And there's Kanchu, who basically brings him back to life and says, you're going to be my avatar and be my fist of vengeance or whatever. Um, and then, but Mark Spector can't just go to New York and, and just live an everyday life because Mark Spector is this international mercenary wanted by everybody. So he becomes Stephen Grant and then who becomes a taxi driver 
or no, it was, was the friend was Frenchie the taxi driver. I thought Stephen was at one point, but see, that's what was weird with me is I don't remember Stephen being anything like the Stephen in the series. And this obviously remember, takes place. I don't remember a nerdy character because there was right. basically, if you remember one of the main critiques of Moon Knight, because he was, he's basically his publication history is that he was, he was originally like uh, antagonist to uh, actually Werewolf by Night, one of my favorite comics. Oh yeah, like Monster Comics. He came in as a Moon character to kind of come and kill the werewolf. Um, but ultimately, in the '80s, when he spun off into his own series, uh, it was basically he had like a Bruce Wayne persona, you know, like a rich mi- millionaire playboy, and then he would go. I mean, one of the big critiques of him is originally he was kind of you know the the D, uh, the Batman knockoff, you know. Yeah. which is fine with me. I'm, I'm okay with, I mean, you know, all of comics is just pl- plagiarized back and forth all over the yeah. place. So I'm, yeah. you know, if you give me good art in the story, I, I I'll cut you some slack on the stealing. Um, but yeah, so originally I don't remember there being kind of a shopkeeper kind of, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, meek, mild mannered shop. But there, there definitely was a Stephen Grant. Um, I like that. I like the fact that they got Mr. Knight in there. I don't know yeah. if he's going to show up again or if that was just a one-time thing. But that was a, that's a, a Warren Ellis creation. Did you read? The I read. Ellis? I read a little bit about that before. Yeah, and that that there was a snip that showed the Mr. Knight outfit, and that the people who were like Moon Knight fans were really excited about that because that's like our favorite view, uh, favorite um, look yeah. for a lot of people. I thought he looked dope as hell, man. That was a, that was a tight suit. <laughs> well, it was funny because they, they were like, you know, some in the suit, some in the suit, and some in the suit. So of course and that's which isn't the way fun. that, yeah, which isn't the way that. Well, and it's weird because in comics now, there's already been a phase where he like went, he went like full, full crazy, where he thought because he was on the Avengers briefly, and then he thought, then he thought he was in a team up with spider-man captain america wolverine and somebody else it was just him and he was playing all four different avengers they used that in this is my only other exposure to moon knight was in the marvel ultimate alliance flash game that used to be hosted on facebook and they brought towards the end of that they brought moon knight in and Moon Knight had different sort of settings if you had him as a character and it was Wolverine and Captain America, Spider-Man <laughs> and himself. Yeah, yeah um, that was in the, the Bendis and the Leave run. Yeah, yeah. That. And that is a great read. That's a lot of fun. I, I just yeah. went through it. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, oh, and that one, Stephen Grant is a, is a Hollywood producer, I think. Right, right. Um, so Stephen Grant, yeah, Stephen Grant is like the millionaire. That's what I thought. And that's completely different than the TV show. So... No, they also mention in um, in Captain America: Civil War that when when uh, and I saw this little snip on about that pointed this out. I can't claim that I thought of it in the sequence where uh, Sitwell is is rattling off all the people that the Operation Insight is gonna is gonna whack, and he mentions Stephen Strange and Bruce Banner. He also says, you know, something about a filmmaker in Cairo. And a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's a film. It's, yeah. it's it's Moon Knight. He's talking about Moon Knight, which would be really interesting if that were the case. That that was where this would end up. Um, yeah. If well, it's weird he had they, a persona, uh, you know. And there's another thing about changing with the phases of the moon. Is that something that he does? Is that part of his thing? That the the dominant personality changes with the phases of the moon. I'm not aware of that. Okay. I just thought that, with the, that makes if, sense with the number. If that, if that, if they didn't do that, they should. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I mean, that might have been in one of the arcs because the the, the kind of the he's he, he's had a wide range of characterizations going back to the monk wow. and monk and uh, Sienkiewicz issues and everything. So he goes back um, to the sixties. No, eighties. Yeah. Um. 80s 80s or was it like late 70s early late 80s? 70s into the early like early okay. mid 80s i mean because i think the late 70s was when he was in werewolf by night and by like 1980 he had spun off into his own comic roughly oh, okay. i don't know specifically did um, you know about the the qr code that's hidden in moon Knight? did you hear about this the series yeah in the tv series the, no. the in episode one there is the scene where he's talking to the girl at the in, about mummification about the hook of the nose and so forth 
And he's standing in front of a sarcophagus and on the wall behind him is a QR code. If you scan that QR code with your phone, you can download the first issue of the appearance of, of Moon Knight from Werewolf by Night. That, that oh, issue is downloaded by that QR code that's on the wall behind him in the show. That's cool. Which I haven't tried yet, but I totally am <laughs> going to. <laughs> so, but, Liz, uh, what, Liz, what did you think? I liked it. Um, I knew, uh, I'll be, I'm, I wouldn't say, like, I'm a... I'm a like a super fan of it or anything but i've i've heard of i've known of the character i've known of you know some of the plot lines and stuff for a while i started out the first episode and i was like i don't know man i don't know like this just seems to me like you know the same marvel like uh you know tortured soul blah 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 but by the end of the first episode i was definitely hooked like and i think a lot of that is oscar isaac is a fantastic actor and, you know, I think he could do anything and it would just be really captivating. Well, and it's weird because I, it, hearing his English accent, I would I would totally believe that he was like one of those British guys that does a good American accent. Right? But yeah. An American guy that does a good British accent. So um, I thought that was interesting. And it's just, and, and I'm just kind of amazed at the, the talent that they're getting for these. They're getting, you know, I mean, um, what's his name? Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. and uh, and Oscar Isaac. Although Oscar Isaacs might have been like tapped before he became super A list, you know. I mean, Ephraim Abraham in Hollywood. I know the name Ephraim Abraham, but I don't have a face to him. Who who is he outside of this? He was Salieri in uh, in the Mozart movie. Um, Amadeus. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he was in. Have you, have you seen that Apple TV Plus show? Mythic Quest. Yeah. Is he? That's that's, that's the, uh, the writer for Mythic Quest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I thought it was the Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Not F. Murray no. Abraham. No, I mean in Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. No, um, no, the two, the two, yeah, there's two guys from Always Sunny in it, and Charlie Day helped write Mythic Quest too. Yeah. So, so yeah, but no, Ephraim Abraham is the the old science fiction writer that yeah. writes the storyline for Mythic Quest. Who, Raven's Table or whatever Nebula it's called. Out of his bag, no matter where he is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have this. <laughs> where did you get that? So, Dwayne, what are your what are your thoughts? Did you I didn't get it? it. I saw it. <laughs> oh, you I saw it? Know. Yeah, I watched them last night. And I didn't get it. So I give it. A, I don't know. I didn't know what was going on. Someone's Uh-oh. giving some feedback, though. Someone... That's Liz's mic. Oh, okay. Um, Good lord. So, so you saw it, but you just don't care? No, I mean, I don't understand what's going on. I realized that I like Bill Sienkiewicz more than I like the character, because obviously I never read the book by collecting oh. <laughs> At least the ones that he did the art in. So what'd you think about it? I mean, it's... I don't know. They get too close to home, but I think I'm kind of goofed up in the head like that similarly. Or whatever. So I, was getting, I, was, I was getting queasy feelings about it or whatever. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch this. I don't chain myself to the bed or anything like that, but I'm just saying. It's just like, you know, that whole like... Um, Waking up in another know. country? The, you know, like... <laughs> I mean, who hasn't woken up in a, in, a, in, a, in a Swiss mountainside at one point in their life? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wait, how did he get back home from that? Yeah, I don't know. He just woke up like... back home. See, I he thought that scene back. was like an ad for Jägermeister. <laughs> so how do what, what wait, wait wait a second? How did he get there? He woke he up. He just mysteriously he woke up. But why yeah. did he get on there as either Moon Knight or Mark? Um, well, he was he was face down on the ground and his jaw was dislocated or whatever. Remember? I think yeah. he like flew out of a he got thrown out of a window or jumped out of a window. And I my guess is. When he hit the ground, it joggled him, and 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 Spectre went away, and uh, well, Nebish came up. Yeah, they did, man. You know, he did. And he did lose. He did lose two days. Remember? It was yeah. kind of annoying. Um, the 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 constant. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know the technical terms for it in terms of like writing, and but it, but it's kind of like the. Um, 
the tension of him not being able to transform and not understand what's going on went on too long. It seemed like it was just getting frustrating because like for the entire first episode, it's people yelling at him to change and him saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And that's like literally all it was for the first episode. And that got a little annoying for me, you know? So once it, he finally is opened up to changing, you know, it, it started moving a little bit better for me, but it's kind of like, I don't know if that's for new people or I don't know, but it, it just seemed like they didn't get to the point quick enough. Well, you make, him. you make a really good point that for, for uh, some in the first episode, and even by the end of the first episode, it is, it's alluded to, but it's not shown right. that the change. So it's this whole that you destroyed the bathroom, but the bathroom, you know, doesn't even, like that isn't even brought in until, you know, really the first eighth of the second episode. And you still, and you still don't see shit until like at yeah. least maybe a little bit further in. So you make a really good point. It, 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 you don't see by it, the end of the first episode. Oh, what's that, Joe? The last the, the, the end of the last episode, he gets in costume. So oh, yeah. The the big no, he gets a little bit in costume and then he turns. Like and if you man. look at it, it's like his costume actually isn't fully um, come together either. I disagree. But um, fight, fight. Capello <laughs> <laughs> heads fight. I think, so, uh, wait. Yeah. No, we don't have I think we could actually probably figure out a way to share the video and comment on it. Dude, I think I'll just believe Joe. <laughs> I rather uh, no, but the, the only you don't even actually see him in action in the full costume until like the last five minutes of the second episode. Yeah, you don't really see him in action, you know. Mm-hmm. I, did, uh, I don't know. It just it just seemed like it, like it was like okay, we get it. He's like this nerdy guy who you know who and but the the. There's a lot of questions begged so far. Like, obviously, his origin story has already happened. The the desert mercenary thing has already happened. Um, but we don't know how long ago. And we don't know why Stephen is so resistant to letting Mark out again. Because obviously, he knows now that Mark kills people and stuff. But why was he so? Why was he so adamant about not even admitting that Mark existed? I, have I mean, how was Stephen completely oblivious to what was going on? I think that Mark is, or Stephen is the manifestation of everything that Mark doesn't like. That's my theory. Okay. I'm guessing that in the third or fourth episode, we're going to have a flashback episode of the desert and his, the Mark's first encounter with Conchu and sort of fill in the, sort of fill in the, the backstory on the character, because now they've got him in this position where he's recognizing, you know, he can let, Mark take over and save his ass and there's something weird and supernatural happening then this is a good time to jump back you know a year two years whatever and sort of nail down the relationship between Mark and the the woman oh they I think you're I think you're 100% right because they're they're already forecasting that by using the mirror as the reflection mm. and and there's I mean there's a thousand other ways to visually do that but the fact that they're choosing mirror images, I yeah. think, is is that they're already forecasting yeah, my guess that. Is that Mark is what when Mark gets injured to a point where he can't stay in control of the flesh bag. Stephen comes in because it's everything Mark hates about people. He's a nebbish. <laughs> he's a vegan. He's you know meek and and he's a pushover for everything from from a, a hard ass mercenary perspective that's the worst of the worst well i think it actually goes even further than that and it's also the reason Dwayne didn't like it and and reinhardt you know it hit him it hit a hit a nerve for him okay so from a warrior standpoint if you can't fight all you can do is protect your inner organs that all you can do is just roll over ride it out that's steven yeah so you know that's something that mark literally cannot do that steven can and that is something that that a um that's really uncomfortable for some people um but also that kind of goes against uh things like peter parker you know, Peter Parker is is this, you know, kind of like he is what he is and he's trying to do better, but he's he's, you know, the the struggling 
um, the struggling of his like inner demons is much more um, out in the open all the time. And this, and so this isn't as clean cut. So it's, it's both on one hand, if you watch it, because it is much more an internal struggle and we all struggle with like, you know, different sides of ourselves, you know, the, the, the monster within the monster without. So I think all of you, you know, I think that's exactly why this, this story like resonates differently. Yeah. And, and with, I mean, as I understand it with um, uh, what's known as multiple personality disorder, uh, each of the personalities, you see this with like uh, crazy Jane in doom patrol, like it's like right in your face with it, but like each of the different personalities serves a very specific purpose. They're created like for a thing. Like Mark is the dominant. He's like the original core, but all the other personalities are for things that Mark can't manage. That's what they exist for. And I think that Steven is uh, a defensive pill bug sort of a thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And the the thing, the, the, the cognitive dissonance I get with that is that's not what it was in the comics. You, you're probably right. Reimagining. Yeah. 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 You're, I mean, you're probably right. And there was a scene in it that I actually looked up because I wanted to see if it was like, is this, is this, you know, a director, (laughs) did he do it on purpose? Um, and it was the steak scene, like, okay, so Stephen's completely cognizant that he's vegan, but he's trying to incorporate the personalities himself. And I had a friend of mine who was actually a non-medicated schizophrenic and, and it was sort of a fascinating person to get to know. And that, that when you're, when you are struggling with, you know, schizophrenia or personality disorders, that it's kind of like that people will get that desperate to just kind of take on a different something that they know they hate, but that another side of themselves, you know, likes because they're just so desperate to be, you know, one person. And I looked it up because I was like, is he really trying to do that? And he did. He was actually a scene that uh, the director like really fought to keep in. Oh, really? Yeah. It's interesting because I thought it was a lot uh, more straightforward than that. He had, um, as Mark asked a woman out to a steak restaurant. Um, and I think once he got there and realized the woman wasn't showing up because he was two days late, two days late after Stephen found out that he just went ahead and ordered a steak because he was at a steak restaurant. And it was almost physically harmful to me when he went, when he ordered a filet well done. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. That was, I think, that was the asshole uh, waiter was like, "Oh yeah, you mm-hmm. want to, you know, like, like he's just being a dick by having yeah. this, put it in well done." Clearly, this and guy he said he, nothing about steak. He said he wanted the best bits, and he gave him a center cut fillet. It's like zero fat on there. That is like not the best thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that part I didn't know. So that there well, was, but, but if he had, if he did. If he did, in fact, incorporate those other things, that makes that scene even better. That yeah, it also was tied into the the, the story. So, well, that's so, so that point you that just Mark, or that Stephen knew that there was something very wrong with him. Yeah, like, that he was really yeah. recognizing. I've lost two days. The second ago, I woke up in the Swiss countryside in some fucking weird cult town. You know, and then all of a sudden I'm back home again. You know, this, this is a, and Isaacson does a really good job with that. His, the look of creeping insanity in his eyes, like the fear that he can't trust anything he perceives. I thought he did a really solid job with that, especially well, fucking Conchu walking out from behind fence posts and shit. <laughs> that's well and that's like the why i think it's i think it's not resonating with some people like dude you, sometimes when you want entertainment maybe watching someone deal with sheer panic for a long period of time that's just not entertaining yeah i think that's what happened to me it's like okay that and i didn't like when the like they showed the security video and then there was just him acting crazy well, they went oh, back yeah. on that because, like, later on, when the same sort of jackal thing was chasing them from their little cult area and it was smashing into stuff, and nobody but him could oh, see, it. see it. Yeah, which is right. classical mythology too. The 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 chimera in classical mythology is only visible to the person that it's sent against. Mm. So this right. is- yeah, I get. I guess cameras work just like eyes. 
<laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Any vampire can tell you that's not true. Okay, so this is the part of the show where Joe shits on it. I should defend myself real quick. I actually liked it a lot. Preemptively. <laughs> I actually liked it a lot. Um, and the, my, my biggest problems with it were it just sounded like F. Murray Abraham was phoning it in. And it also, it's messing with my head because it's the it's not lining up with what I know about Moonlight. So the, those are the only two complaints I have. With Miss Marvel for the, for the sake of argument. I think that's going to be my issue with that too. But anyway, Joe, go ahead, shit on things. Okay, yeah. No, I didn't like it. Um, and part of it is a big reason, uh, kind of Reinhardt, I, I think I have the same issue where I came in with a lot of expectations from the comic. And, and from all fairness, I haven't read all the comics. So they could be dealing with something like, I haven't read the Warren Ellis comics. I definitely read all, well, I, I read most of the Bilson Kevich stuff uh, from the 80s, which I loved. Uh, I just love his art, his transformation. For people who don't know, it's really cool because it's this shift from being kind of a highly influenced from Neil Adams as an illustrator to really becoming the first person to really do abstract work in comics. And you see it happen in these issues. And just awesome stuff. I have, I have it. I have the individual issues. I also have the Marvel Essentials, so I can get it in black and white. So you can just have the pen and ink. Fantastic. I mean, he's an amazing artist. You know, just really. There's actually, I think there's going to be a, a showing of his stuff in the area soon. So. Um, oh really? Yeah. Is that so, stuff? Hmm? This is where. Thank you. Okay, I'll have to look it back. I thought I sent it to the group, but I'll uh, I'll yeah. look it back I'll, up. I think it's okay. On somewhere. But yeah. Yeah. I, I put it on a disc yeah, Filch um, it! Filch it! For sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, so, and then I did read, like I said, the Bendis and Malieve arc, which was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Again, another artist I like. A lot of times I tend to follow creators more than characters. Um, <clears throat> but I do have a soft spot for vigilante characters. You know, I love Daredevil. I love Batman, of course. Um, and he kind of always fit in with them. Originally, he was kind of another you know, rough and tumble guy who would occasionally daredevil would duke it out with him and vice versa. They'd show up in each other's comics and things like that. Um, and so obviously I have, I have a trouble with like, I'm really trying to be deliberate about like, this is going to be something new. It's going to be a new take on it, or it's part that you haven't read. Um, you know, even like the mental illness uh, part, the Venice and Malief thing was really funny the way they did it. You know, you mentioned kind of like, he would, he thought he was talking to members of the Avengers and then he would show up places thinking he was one of them. And then there's, I mean, I'm going to give some spoilers, but there's a certain point where the Avengers actually get involved and he's in a fight with a villain. And then he literally says to the villain, uh, you see them too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, you know? And uh, so they were playing with it like that. And um, it was, yeah. It's, uh, so it wasn't so much that he blacked out and was, you know, like that whole thing where he didn't know, he always knew he was, you know, uh, and it was kind of clever because I think originally, and this is what would be interesting to hear from somebody who, who knows the character really well in depth, is that originally during the 80s, he wasn't crazy. He just had different aliases to hide under. Yeah. And eventually they took that and said, well, you know, let's what make if it's it so more that he's than actually, that? Yeah, yeah, that it's, it's actually like causing him mental issues. And that was kind of a cool, you know, adding some things to his character. Because like I said, very early on, he was like a Batman, you know, called out as a Batman knockoff. Um, but what you were saying about the artist's style changing over the course of this of their run, I think also leads into that. There's two things. That is, there's that, like you're saying, going from being sort of more concrete to being more abstract during mm -hmm. the run. That's, I think, would be a really interesting way of depicting uh, a, losing a grasp on reality and losing, like having a different perspective on, on the insanity of it, I thought would be really cool. Um, the other thing I would point out, and not to... To, to, to maybe unshit on things a little bit uh, <laughs> is that clearly for the first two episodes, the point of view is Steven, right? So when he blacks out and then he wakes up with a gun in his hand and there's a dead dude or whatever, that's, that's Steven's perspective, like right. from his, and he gets like those, those moments where it sort of flickers and then all of a sudden time has passed. That is like, again, that goes back to like the, the, the classical descriptor description of the, um, the sensation of having different personalities is whichever personality is it that is the one has blackouts and they wake up in weird places and they don't know what's going on and they get phone messages from people and like that's all well within scope of 
uh, of, uh, what is it? It's association, associative. Associative uh, disorder. It's associative disorder. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's not, I think that's a much more, I hate to say realistic when it has anything to do with a comic book, but it is sort of a more uh, supported by the literature perspective on multiple personalities. Well, I'll, I'll refrain. I'll try to withhold judgment a little bit because it may, they, I keep saying maybe they'll bring it back around and this is still early. Maybe they'll bring it back around, but yeah. so for the most part, they really haven't done it. I, I did like the appearance of the, you know, the suit for the Warren Ellis. That was kind of fun. Um, but I didn't like his actual Moon Knight suit. Something about it um, seemed a little too done up again. I, I still see him as a vigilante. So Less is more, you know, uh, street level. So he's not a super powered. I mean, he has some vague uh, moon mystical powers and some kind of spiritual connection with Kanchu. But beyond that, he's just kind of a rough and tumble guy. And so really, he doesn't normally have like super strength or anything like that. Not really. No, he's street level. At least that. And I could be wrong, but this was my memory of him. You know, like, you know, he's throwing little like moon ninja stars and things like that. And he had those in the second episode. But they were like bigger. And I don't know. It's just more. you know, and I was really hoping they would tie it in with Daredevil. You know, that would have been cool because now that they have Daredevil and they've officially put it in Disney Plus, you know, in in the, in the Joe universe, in the in the, in, in the Joe verse, yeah, that I would have done it much more like Daredevil and incorporated that in. Now, again, that's kind of repeating itself, I suppose, but that's the way I would have loved to have seen it. So I'm trying to be like, okay, this is something new. They're making him more a superhero, you know, um, more supernatural. But that's um, happened a couple of times in the comics. They've yeah, made I, mean, him... it's, I haven't read them all, but generally, um, David Finch did one where he was like a beefed up, like armored. Yeah, and so but again, I you know they've done that with Batman too, and I won't read those. Like, there's the right way to do Batman, and uh, which is my way, and everything else is wrong. And <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever you do, don't put a yellow circle around that bat sign. Oh yeah. Um, the choice is always not to go with the yellow circle. I thought the whole yellow. point of the yellow that was maybe this was a Dark Knight Returns thing. Is the yeah, whole the yellow was to attract the eye, so when people would shoot, and he had like super body armor on that. Oh yeah, right. That that would be like most likely where they would. Yeah, aim it. it was kind of a yeah. That was Miller trying to make some sense of it. Why you'd put uh, a bat yeah. on your chest? But anyways, yeah. Um, it was a different time. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, and don't even go to uh, Daredevil's yellow costume. So no, we don't um, talk about the yellow costume. Just... But and then like Kanchu, I I wasn't that impressed. Like I said, the CGI just looked kind of like I'm very like you know less is more. Make him spookier. He doesn't have to be big and gigantic. Just make a spooky spirit kind of a thing. You know, more like instead of like a very obvious giant CGI monster kind of thing. It's like eh, it didn't really. Yeah, again, it just aesthetically didn't, didn't do it for me as far as... I really liked I liked the whole fact that it was so out of touch or out of sync with everything around it. That was part of the insanity, is that it would just, like, he would just show up in a hallway, like this seven-foot-tall bird-headed thing and but stuff floating like, against it, the wind and the... Sta- it was just, okay. Like, oh, just like, yeah, no, I get it. You know, like, I, I can see, but, I, like, I would have liked this more subtle, creepy... You're going more, more. Well, but that's shadow. that's like you guys are talking about exactly why like Moon Knight was a horror line. Yeah. You know yeah. where I mean, just like Joe said, like Werewolf by Night, man. That was that was like Marvel's horror stuff. So they've kind of and and you know in the day and age of things like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and they could have gone like full horror, but they didn't. So it's like they're getting, you know, as like Reinhardt's been saying, like they're getting more and more farther away from, you know, the or that not the origin story, but like like what the fans, the the time and the character development and now the visuals, you know, that everybody, you know, kind of were familiar with. So it's like, I mean, this isn't a horror show. The most horrible thing that we've seen is like him with a dislocated jaw, which really isn't that bad. So it's more, and like, this is where it's like mental horror, but that's even harder for people to identify with. So it's like, I, I get why people are, are just kind of, it just, it's a disconnect. Maybe it says something about me that I'm totally on board more. with the sent into insanity part. I totally understand that. It would have been creepier and cooler to me, like if he had been manifested in like, uh, like 
his physical manifestation would be like Al Pacino like um the clown and spawn or something like that Ooh, that would be good that i mean look spawn that's a really that's a really really good like example spawn was horror spawn was horror there was like no getting around it and and yeah i think if they had gone like a spawn version of moon knight i bet you i bet you're right that people would have been like all over that no, I was just saying, they didn't really play up the whole, like, because Moon Knight has the potential to be really cool. He's, A, he's a Batman vigilante sometimes, but he's also sometimes a cool, like, military, you know, like, they could have had some cool, like, you know, uh, gunfights and things like that, you know, like, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, Zero Dark Thirty kind of cool looking, mm. you know, dusty town, you know, uh, firefights and things oh, like that. And they haven't done any of that. Episodes left, right? Yet. And uh, so... Uh, it's unfortunate. So, like I said, I reserve judgment, but so far, not not super impressed. So, I hope they pull it around because, I, like I said, I I do. I'm a fan of the character, and a lot of the creators, a lot of great creators, have worked on him over the years. Actually, um, is it Greg Smallwood? He's also done some that I want to read because he's a great artist too. So they've had some really with a cool terrible artists. last name. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Oh uh, yeah. And I think that's I think that's actually written by uh, Jeff Lemire. So that's. Um, but pretty good uh, sign. Let me think. What else? What do you think oh, the yeah. odds are that this is that you're going to have another? So, like at the end of um, the uh, Eternals, there was a cameo for of Blade, the new Blade. Oh, that that's a good. I'm wondering point. if that's going to show up again in this. That would be really good. I would I would appreciate that. That is exactly yeah. I think the point I was going to going to leave off with is that the fact that they're kind of not playing the horror angle and they're going more superhero with Moon Knight causes me great concern for Blade because I'm afraid mm-hmm. what would have been very cool, like again, in the Joeverse, they're doing this new phase of Marvel. They're doing Doctor Strange. They're doing Blade. It's like, okay, you know what? There's a whole side of, mo- of Marvel that's monsters and horror. Let's go that direction. Let's be a little bit more scary. Let's give, you know, it's kind of like the Star Wars thing where they keep blowing up death stars and doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I'm afraid they're going to try and do another just superhero-y instead of like saying, hey, now this time we're doing something different. We're going to make like the Blade movie actually scary. You know, try and make it a little scary. And I've heard that they're going PG-13 with it, which worries oh, me. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Uh, so I may I may be wrong on that, but I, that's what I've heard. And it's I'm like, curious what they're going to do with with Morbius as well. Because the, the, the whole Moon Knight, Morbius, Blade, and and Doctor Strange doing the whole, I mean, that's the madness aspect, the, the multiverse of madness and the whole idea that reality is not a static thing is I think what this whole um, sequence of Marvel stuff is really heading towards. But yeah, if they, if they kind of sanitize it or, or mainstream it and make, you know what, again, it's a billion dollar you know, right, you're looking more for mouth of madness kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, like they have such great, it would be like, to me, it would be cool if they said, let's embrace the fact that we have horror you know in our history and let's make some scary movies i mean it doesn't have to be like you know the descent or something that's gonna you know no <laughs> but everybody but it can, it can it, be a little creepy and scary. no it can be a lot creepy and like that's where i mean riverdale like riverdale chilling adventures of sabrina like archie is kicking it kicking massive ass in that regard and and so it can be done but it's a question of you know if marvel chooses to do it yeah, I just don't know. I don't think they'll have the guts or the willingness to trust the audience. But I think, and I'm sure they would lose. Some people just want superhero stuff. And Some like, people do, but like they also, like, I, I mean, Matthew said, I don't know if you guys did, like I heard New Mutants suck donkey balls. And, you know, that was something where they absolutely went horror and failed. But that wasn't a Marvel production. Well, technically. But well, Marvel has, you know, if you look at the history of the, Mar- of the MCU, Marvel has done a really good job, in the movies anyway, of taking genre films, different genres, and saying, we're this film with superheroes. We're, we're like a, a Winter Soldier was a spy thriller with superheroes. Yeah. You know, you had all these different, and, and like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was space opera with superheroes. And that's like Ben Marvel's secret sauce is they're doing genre X with superheroes. And, and I think maybe that's where they're going with this is they're gonna do psychodrama or, or a supernatural thriller with superheroes, which I think could work really well. And they've got a long, they've got a good uh, history of being able to pull that sort of stuff off. 
Well, and I mean, you make a good point that like Ghost Rider is kind of that already. And, you know. Ghost Rider also wasn't part of the MCU. <laughs> well, they're bringing it, I mean, they're bringing it back in. I mean, they're they're kind of doing the rehabs of the, the. I mean, that was the original, like, you know, I think screw up Blade, I swear to God, I, I'm out, fan. I'm glad you brought <laughs> up uh, uh, Ghost Rider, though, because he was, it's all from this Bronze Age era of comics where they were finally allowed to do horror. Yeah. And, you know, he had this deal with Satan. I mean, it could be actually very scary. You know, yeah. like, the movies were kind of bad cartoony and it's unfortunate like let's redo it let's do let's challenge the audiences and do some r-rated scary stuff i, I don't think it's going to happen but that would be if you know if i had one dream i don't know i think the joker says because i mean look what they did with the punisher they there was a couple punisher movies that were just awful mm-hmm. and then they rehabilitated the character in in the in the in the netflix series and not rehabilitated in dude irreconcilable differences <laughs> All of the Punisher movies were brilliant in their own regards, oh and God, the no. TV show. So <laughs> irreconcilable differences. Um, I would have to agree with Liz on those. The Punisher movies actually taken taken on their own as their own movies. I have Reinhardt nerd cred, and it's recorded. Yes, victory. Well, had, the thing is, you don't. You had two great people as Punisher. Movies. No, what? Thomas oh, Punisher was there one with Dolph Lundgren? Yes. Oh, that was the original one. Yes. Oh, more... Three. Three great people. In... <laughs> I'm talking more the um, Ray, what's his name? Yes, Punisher Warzone was amazing. Yeah. And then Thomas Jane was in the other one. Yep. So I'm not talking about the the uh, Dolph Lundgren one. Oh, I Dolph forgot Lundgren about was that. just absolutely, and he wasn't even, he didn't play Castle, did he? I thought Dolph yes! 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 He played Frank Castle. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, with his black leather jacket, it was just. Oh, OMG! Oh, we are gonna have a movie night, and it's on. The um, the actor, what's his name, that plays the Punisher in the in the Netflix or whatever, he's a pretty good actor. He um, is a good actor, and he does Frank. Hated him in the Walking Dead. Yeah, but he does. He does like a. He does Frank Castle as like the husband stuff. I think that's where he like really shines. He has a fragility to that side of the character that you know they really didn't play up as much. Just because you like, it's the difference between a TV show and like a and and a movie. Like you, you don't have as much time for that stuff. And I think he's done a really really good job with that with a TV show. He also does really good prison fight scenes. Well, yeah. That was one of the most epic things caught on film. So sometimes when I'm feeling down about my life, I just watch that. <laughs> well, I just look at his nose and like, that's just a nose that just like, you, I mean, I mean, you imagine him at like 12 years old and it's like, he's just had, like they had to break his nose at a young age, just repeatedly to get like that level of just badassness. No, he's just, you know, born, his nose was really long and straight and very pointy. Yeah, he's and mashed so many times. Yeah, he probably suffers from some sleep apnea, but yes, uh, very probably. Um, so should we do a final wrap up before we move on to the final four? Yes, let's do that. Yeah, all right. So, uh, I give it right now three out of 11 fists of conchu. <laughs> Hmm. Um, go ahead, Reinhardt. I give it. Oh, sorry. I thought we were going in order. No, no, go. I, I don't know what order. Well, <clears throat> reverse I give alphabetical. It, I give oh. it twenty-four. <laughs> I give it twenty-four out of twenty-eight uh, museum keychains. Nice. That's pretty big. That's a lot of keychains. I liked it. I'm just gonna say I liked it because I'm not as creative as the rest of you guys. <laughs> I'll give it um, seven out of uh, seven out of nine point five uh, golden scarabs. Nice, you did the scarabs. Okay, nine. I, I give it six out of ten blackouts. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to start measuring everything in blackouts. It's a good call. <laughs> um. All right. So I'm, moving on. I'm willing. I'm willing to like give it a. Yeah, I'm still gonna keep. Tr- yeah, it's Moon Knight. I gotta kind of follow it to the end. So, but I'm, um, as we know, my role here. So, <laughs> so we have our our first round of bad guy, uh, 
How are you going to how what, what what's the process? Dwayne has a spreadsheet, I believe. Bad guy brackets. You have is a spreadsheet. This, this is what I was saying. I wasn't prepared. Well, while you prepare, let me complain. While you open up the while spreadsheet, I uh, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna whine again. So I've already realized. I've now twice realized that I've missed two key people from my list. Um, obviously, I mentioned to you guys outside of the podcast that um, Gustavo Fring should have been on there. Uh, is this a super cool, you know, villain that I want to be uh, when I grow up? Uh, so I'm I'm really upset at myself that he didn't get included. And then I'm going to say one other one, and I'll, I bet you it'll be interesting to see if any of you have heard of him. Only Reinhardt probably has. Uh, it's Miss Misery. Have you guys heard of Miss Misery? Nope. It's from it's a comic that. book, and I'm going to flash the comic book to you now. And it's probably got glare on it. Uh, it's called Sleeper. Uh, Ed Brubaker and Oh Sean yeah. Phillips. Miss Misery has got the coolest origin story of any supervillain I've ever heard of. And I'm, I'm putting a line in the sand right now and I'll describe it. Um, basically, as she, as she was growing up to be a young woman, she got terminally ill and the doctors could never find out what's wrong with her. And uh, at a certain point, a doctor under his breath kind of muttered something impolite about her and her condition that they couldn't find anything, but she was sick. And she was so upset that she smacks the doctor she gets out of her bed and smacks him and it's the first time she's ever felt good in like the last several years and she begins to realize that the more harm she does the better she feels and the more power she gets if she does anything good she starts to get sick so literally her biology to to be healthy and to be powerful she has to do evil it's that's really good so even if she wants to do good she makes herself sick so and they're just yeah it's just a wonderful it's just a perfect setup you know this is this is me not using this opportunity to say something horrible about my ex-wife <laughs> uh, on that but, note we got to play the play-in game speaking, speaking of we villains get, we got to get to number we got to get our 64 uh tournament entry so here we go we're going to play the play-in game we have one two three four five six seven seven contestants to get through for that final spot and so we'll start off is doomsday versus the queen of hearts go who who were they doomsday, doomsday versus the queen of hearts versus the queen of hearts off with your head reinhardt so who's who owns which doomsday is whose i don't remember does it matter I right, thought my, that's the whole point. Take, oh, I wasn't no. paying Queen attention Hearts. to that. Queen of Hearts wins because she controls the reality in which the uh, in which the conflict takes place. So one Doomsday for Queen of no Hearts, two for Queen of Hearts, three for Queen of Hearts. I got Queen of Hearts. Okay, Queen of Hearts. Okay, Queen of Hearts moves on. Okay. Yeah. So. Fuck Doomsday. Oh <laughs> that's Doomsday. some Superman design bullshit. <laughs> Okay, so now in the second round, we have Bane versus the Wicked Wisp of the West. All right, I, uh, I'll go first. I vote for the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, she scared the shit out of me as a little kid uh, watching uh, Wizard of Oz. Yes, mm -hmm. I was very weak and impressionable. Um, so I get, she gets my vote. And I think, um, again, depending what we rank here, so she scared me, and I think she scares, she's probably scared more people and children throughout the history of that character's existence uh, and had more of an impact than Bane would. Yeah. You know, if Bane drops some water on her, <laughs> he would never think garden hose. <laughs> Yeah. Bane is just a thug. I'm, I'm down with you on Wicked Witch of the West because Bane okay, is just yeah. a thug. I would have to agree with that too, because I've never liked Bane. I've never thought he no. was that. I've never been a big fan of Bane and, and the, 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 wherever the Wicked Witch of the West is, so go the flying monkeys and those motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. yes. Flying monkeys alone. <laughs> All right. Well, Wicked Witch of the West moves on. I was going to vote against Bane anyway because I have a bias. Flying, flying monkeys might take her all the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say this. Bane didn't break the real Batman's back. I'm just going to say that. Truth. <laughs> truth. Support. Yep. In my, in my universe... It. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. I agree with you. But anyway, so uh, let's moving on. It didn't that, well, I mean, I thought there was kind of a weird choice when he did break his back to hire a French guy named Azrael <laughs> to be the new Batman. 
I, uh, I don't know if you guys I, remember that phase. Sure oh, remember. yeah. I don't. I think I, like, threw that one across the room and I, like, got behind it for a while. You know, I wish we had, like, a, a montage of, of my friends throwing literature and books that they read. Because Mark, I think in Game of Thrones, he got so upset when a certain character died. He threw it, you know, because he's he just, there's characters that have good of uh, heart, you know, like, and he just identifies with them. And when, of course, they get killed in Game of Thrones right away. If you, you know, if you're doing the honorable thing, you're a dead person. And I, so he said he took the book and threw it. So <laughs> I, think I, I thought it was actually the castration scene. No, no, no. It was one. It was it was uh, what's his face who dies at the end of season one. I didn't read. Oh, it. okay. But when that happens, you know, he's doing all these honorable things and right. Oh, right. And and when Mark read it, he said he threw the book. Um, and then there'll be the time I actually threw a book at Terry Trodanik's head, but that wasn't out of anything. I read. <laughs> that was just for fun. Yeah. No, that was totally reasonable. You have to know yeah, Jared, yeah. Terry. Okay, so I think now, I think Terry I think I, Terry might be the last person on earth who cares if he went to college. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to. Uh, I wrote these down as I didn't like go back and edit them, edit the list or whatever. Somebody said Baba Duke. Okay, yeah. What is that? I don't know that. That it's a villain from an Australian horror movie. Okay, Baba Duke and versus the uh, Dalek. The oh, the Daleks in a hand. Daleks win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Baba Duke can walk upstairs. Daleks <laughs> fly. The, the, the more recent versions of the Daleks. Yes, Daleks fly. And they actually bring a point. They put a point on that. And when the first appearance of the Daleks in the new Doctor Who series. So there. Oh, so who? who but how, just, we got, how many do we have for da- Daleks? Uh, Daleks? Daleks. Daleks. Daleks, Daleks yeah. move on, man. Baba Duke didn't make it. They win just because they're cool trash can. Look, they can make effects. a plunger scary. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And so now we get Ultron versus Queen of Hearts. Oh, now is this is this is the okay. Uh, this is a yeah, final. We're, we're we're down to the last four. Uh, I got to go with a classic Avengers villain, just from the history standpoint, and the idea of kind of like a homicidal AI always has my. Uh, yeah, and Well, the fact that he can never truly be destroyed, because at times he's done things like stored his consciousness and nanobots inside the Avengers, and I'll go with Ultron. I agree. Yeah, yeah Ultron. Ultron, because he'd find a way to like in in the what ifs, he got hold of the Infinity Gems and figured out magic. Like it, it's it's not. Queen well, the what if the what if Ultron is is almost impossible to stop or kill? He's just too awesome. Um, and also, I don't like the Queen of Hearts song, so. The one from uh, the playing with painting the roses red, painting the roses red. I, I was thinking the one from like the 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 um, Juice Newton. Juice Newton, thank you. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> I couldn't remember who that was. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Maya did like the what's the play? Uh, Alice in Wonderland at at Tufts one summer. So she's you know she was constantly singing the song. Oh, oh no! <laughs> so the next round. Is to see who faces off with Ultron for the last spot on the list is the Daleks versus the Wicked Witch of the West. Ooh. Mm. This is oh my one. gosh. Well, I mean, I was going to initially say Daleks because of numbers, but again, Wicked Witch of the West. He's got a lot of flying monkeys. Yeah. And those flying monkeys have hats. And it has been shown in Doctor Who that if you put a hat over a Dalek's eye, they blow up. Really? Tom that's, Baker did that's it. That's a design flaw. That's definitely a design flaw. Nobody goes up against it. They have a lot of design flaws. It took them a half a century to figure out how to fly to get a Yeah. Plane. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Wicked Witch on this one. As much as yeah. Wicked Witch! Do, again, do the Daleks have access to a garden hose? They may not have they have access to a plunger, not a garden hose. Good point. Is it recently used? Because that could be a lethal weapon. If it's yes. still damp. It's sort of like, um, like putting holy water. But it's also like again, against a vampire. But I think more people clearly know the Wicked Witch of the. On other dimensions to this fight, she's a much like more established, cool character. Well, the Daleks yeah. have a long and storied history in the British republics, so like the, the parts of like the British influence of the world. But uh, but I think, I think that, that would include Oz is truly global. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't that include the U.S.? We're a former franchise. A former franchise that's well, really good. Who, so I guess that kind of answers that question. 
All right, well, uh, Wicked Witch moves on to face Ultron for the final spot. I was, oh uh, starting to I was just thinking now. we missed, uh, missed a chance to put Putin on the list. But then he would have been gone as early as possible because he couldn't <laughs> take over Ukraine. Lost. Oh, my God, this is a tough one. The Wicked yeah, Witch of the West or Ultron. I'm still inclined. You know what? I'm going to go with Ultron because he's known. It's it's shown multiple times that he can replicate himself into a jillion forms. Ultron is more resilient. Yeah. So, the, the, the flying monkey advantage. So, yeah. But again, Wicked Witch of the, the West is completely vulnerable because, you know, like 70% of the Earth is water. So. Mm-hmm. Ultron wins. But again, and. It's. I, I don't think we should be just judging who wins in a fight. I think we're also no. judging who's the cooler character, who's the actual. I still would put it on Ultron. And that, Ultron. I, mean, I just think Ultron's a great villain. I think he's as he's, long as the guy from the blacklist is his voice. I like. Yeah, right? was, that was pretty cool. I love that. There are people who objected to, to what's his name doing his voice. I thought it was perfect. I did too. So I say Ultron. Ultron. All right. Yeah. So I'll, I, I, I'll just give the wicked witch a vote but i can i, I i'm very i'm very conflicted here um so yeah hey because right. again we're never going to be able to talk about flying monkeys again on the podcast if we vote her off the island well i'll just we can always make reference back to like how we can't talk about flying monkeys. <laughs> we can always work in flying monkeys <laughs> flying monkeys are awesome especially when they have little bellhop uniforms i just think that that Come is on. just the weirdest most amazing <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's some bonus points right right yep ultron's just a robot i mean he's rebelling robots robot. have existed long before yeah but but ultimately he's got infinite copies he's basically he's and not only just in the technical sense but i think in, as, in terms of a zeitgeist manifestation he is frankenstein he is um a fear of technological advancement he is all kinds of underpinnings of western civilization made into a villain <laughs> I, I think he's a very powerful totem. Isn't Vision TV show? Isn't, isn't Vision built off an old Ultron chassis? Vision was built originally to be Ultron's new body when Ultron wanted a new body. Right. That's not okay. MCU. That's that's and, and Comics. He, was, he was Ultron's vision of the future. Oh, okay. And, and they jacked it up so he became independent. Vision, yeah, I don't like him. He's actually he's a powerful character. I know, but he's, he's so, like, mushy and, like, you know, all in love with people and stuff. I don't like... <laughs> he's just and positive. Android cry was one of the... the huh? <laughs> right. One of the, <laughs> right. One of the, one of the classic Avengers arcs, yeah, can an android cry? Yes. Was that with the yes, white vision or with the green vision? Uh... All right, um, so is that the last of the... Uh, well, know. yeah, so That's it sounds it. like Ultron wins. Uh, so now we got our 64, so we'll have our battle start next week. All right. And All right. Like uh, in the first round, it'll be Captain Howdy versus Dracula. Ooh, damn, already, I don't... And then Grendel versus... Who's Oh, Howdy? Captain Howdy's from um, Dead Zone? No, Stephen King. It's the, it? it's the it's the it's the demon from Exorcist. Exorcist. Okay. Second round looks like it's going to be uh, also in the first round. Looks like it may be Grendel versus Spawn. Versus Grendel who? versus Pornhub? What? Spawn. Oh, Spawn is not a villain. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on how you look at it. Well, so one of us put him up there as a villain. How? Did... All right. Well, we we're not gonna we can't pass any judgments or make any statements about these conflicts prior to the the next episode. Okay. And then uh, looks like the Gorgon Demon versus Blackie. That's a good. <laughs> That's a really good one. Well, man, if Blackie could only get some flying monkeys, he'd be unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> I want that no, movie. <laughs> And they would be like they'd be much more well dressed than a bellhop. Those those flying monkeys would be tight, <laughs> like velvet yep. suits. Yes, absolutely. Crush velvet, crush velvet <laughs> suits with awesome hats, <laughs> cummerbunds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for the episode, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me think how to stop this crazy thing. Made hey. made uh. Made Dwayne's day.
Wednesday. Wednesday. All right, oh. everybody out there and listen. Oh, what? Dwayne's got a parting thought. No, here? The, I just wanted to come back to the thing that like freaked me out about the Moon Knight. The, the, the Moon Knight is because like I start having panic attacks like soon after I like start falling asleep driving. Like I was driving home oh. from Boston one time. And I had a car full of people, and I was sleepy, and I could see like way up above ahead, probably half a mile, maybe closer than that, was a, a overpass. And then I remember like looking at it, and then the next thing I remember is like I was going underneath it, and I have no, I don't remember getting. Well, it's like when and you I, and I went to the red line. I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out, woke everybody up. But anyway, <laughs> what'd you say? That's just like when you and I went to the red line from Kelsey's, and we we were at Kelsey's. And then we were at the red line. Yeah, exactly. Just like I can just picture, I can just picture Dwayne driving along, and all of a sudden he looks open. It's large Marge. Ah! <laughs> 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 all right, guys, I'm gonna stop the recording here. Good episode. Yep. Yay! All right, I'll talk to you guys later.